0: Good morning, good morning. My name is Andrea Simintov and you're listening to Pull Up a Chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Um, we have a wonderful live audience today, really vibrant live. I'd love to think that everybody listening in is praying in their hearts, praying, praying for the state of Israel for the people of Israel, and for Jews around the world, including in your own beloved countries. I'm coming to you live this morning. Um, it is actually Thanksgiving Day in America. We have Americans listening in today. And uh, so good morning, good evening, boker Tov, America. Uh, oh, I'm supposed to say good morning because Kathy's going to go to sleep. So, hi, Kathy. You can go to sleep now. You'll listen on podcast. But everybody listening in, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope that we'll be gathering around the table with your families. And we'll talk more about that in a little while, including the Jewish um, aspect of Thanksgiving. Boket it's Israel. I hope you are... <clears throat> I hope everyone's spirits are as wonderful as they can be today. We'll talk more about the spirit, the drain, the national, on en, not ennui, but the national fatigue that's hitting us all. Germany is with us this morning. Very nice. New Zealand. Colombia is with us. Argentina again. Yeah, big news out of Argentina this week. Uh, Sudan is with us. Jamaica, Ireland, Venezuela is with us. Slovakia. I have on good Good information that South Africa is with us, although I don't see them. And um, apparently today's reported ceasefire, supposedly supposed to begin at 10 o'clock this morning, has been postponed. If I have any updates during this live show, I will let you know. Just checking out one thing on the calendar. Yeah, today is on the Gregorian calendar. The 25th of November. Yeah. Okay. We are having some very, very scary days. Oh, this is very interesting. We have Switzerland with us this morning, which is always a delight. And we have Ramallah. Ramallah in the quote, Palestinian territory is listening. Good. Very good. I'll be with you for Shabbos, Ramallah. Um, Right next door. If I cry during today's uh, program, (laughs) drop me a note. Hey, Andrea. (laughs) Lama et bocharet. Okay, good. We see South Africa is definitely with us. Good morning, Austin. Um, Scary days. Scary days. And I am talking in particular to Jews this morning. I know we have so many friends listening in. And if you are not Jewish and a good, good friend, you have a moral obligation to get this message that I'm going to share to your Jewish friends. And the message is I implore you, not as some kind of a mystic, not as some kind of a prophet, not even as some kind of a pundit, Pundit, but merely as a Jewish mother, primarily, a Jewish daughter, a Jewish grandma, a Jewish resident of God's glorious world. And I tell you, my Jewish brothers and sisters, to keep your th- fear at bay to keep it intact to suppress your fear and use it please do not sit and wring your hands and look outward thinking who what will save me and mine Mm -mm. A fruitless endeavor, and historically we've seen how not well that works out. Today, today, as we sit at the cusp of Torah portion Vayetze, on November 23rd, 2023, on day 40-something of this filthy, imposed-upon-us defensive war, I ask you to equip yourselves, to arm yourselves with the timeless, God-given, ammunition of knowledge to read, to listen, to know, to converse, to interact, and to ask, ask, ask of those who are on the front line, not just of the battlegrounds, but sitting in the orchestra section of Jewish history. So many of us were not blessed with adequate or even any Jewish education in our parents and grandparents, and even in some cases, great-grandparents, desperate, desperate race to meld and to become citizens of the world. Well, what has the world told us. They've told us that we're not welcome. They've told us that no matter how much we eat the Achaz no matter how much we disregard the Sabbath and the history and the traditions of our holy forefathers that gave the world everything that is wonderful, no matter how we ran from our identities, the world is telling you just who you are. Ergo, I plea with you, today is the day that you begin knowing who you are because if you cannot understand who we are our hevra our group we cannot guide our children grandchildren others who look to us especially today for guidance please please do not remain ignorant and consequently Impotent Our strength, or we only strength historically has been rooted in unity and knowledge. Am Ahad, a one people, one heart. Silence. More than ever Jewish silence? Silence based in fear? No, let me use the word based in terror is not useful. Today we're gonna talk a little bit, we learn about humility from where? Our blueprint? Yes, boys and girls, though so who have been those who have been listening long enough, what is the blueprint? Torah. So today I implore you, Jewish brothers and sisters who, for myriad reasons, are so distant from Jewish practice and thought that they cannot even give language to that connectedness that they are feeling for Israel, Israelis, and indeed Jewry. Be kind to yourselves. Today is not the day to look back and bemoan having been cheated, cheated of adequate Jewish knowledge, Jewish information, Jewish practice. Because today, from this moment forward, you are in charge. Fear is paralyzing. I know that. Because there are days, there are moments, there are huge blocks of time here in Israel that I and others find ourselves glued to our respective places in paralysis. Those are the moments when we let the Western press dictate where our hearts fear intellect should be going. Where I let Palestinian war mongering student organizations tell me what's going to be for me and mine. No, you won't. The old rules, the rules of civil engagement no longer apply to Jews. Today I implore you to reach beyond yourself, beyond your limitations, based on well-meaning parental grandparent, historical familial ignorance. This is the Sabbath where you will light the candles and try out that Shabbos thing. Shut the phones, look into the eyes of one another and say, what do you hope for? What do you want? Who are we? For the first time since grade school, the words of all of those Holocaust novels, the scenes in all of the Showa films, they have much more significance. Indeed, their relevance is 2020. The question, can you imagine 2023? We even ask ourselves as we look at our social circles, our beach club and golf club and book reading groups and our local PTAs and our ecumenical private schools and we think to ourselves, who would hide me? Suddenly, today, this morning, that question is no longer theoretical, an exercise From which we can disengage and check out the sales on amazon i received this week i understand a little more i have to tell you those of us living in israel forgive me but i have to tell you there's something about the national danger we face, the togetherness, the I have no other country but thisness that makes me feel safe. Certainly safer, but no, safe. we have great disagreements, great Knesset disagreements, great religious disagreements, great disagreements in practice, great disagreements in whether or not God exists. But we are here, the only country on the face of the earth, certainly on the UN roster, that is committed to making certain, without a shadow of a doubt, that my children and grandchildren and every resident of this holy, miraculous land has a vibrant, robust tomorrow. I received two flyers this week. I wish I could say I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. One was for a rally dated Monday, November 20th, 5.30 p.m., Montgomery County Executive Building, 101 Monroe Street in Rockville, Maryland, Hmm. adjacent to the assisted living facility, the Jewish living facility that my mother inhabits. Cease fire now, emergency rally for Gaza. Listing, how many Palestinians have been killed, thousands more injured. Pictures, crying children, screaming mothers in front of Al-Aqsa Mosque. Only to be followed, where was this? A New Jersey Turnpike. I don't even know these organizations. I'm not gonna name them. Car rally for Palestine. We won't back down, all out for Palestine, come out, how to do it. Sorry, guys, you missed it, it was yesterday. Shocking. Anyone, any Jew, listening to this, and I don't care if you're listening from New Jersey, from Maryland, from Paris, London, Slovakia. Did I mention Slovakia is with us this morning? Hi, Slovakia. The minute you tell yourselves this has nothing to do with me, I don't know what to do with you. It's all about you. Seeing those posters, I spoke with a dear, dear family member living in the heartland of American democracy, indeed a suburb of Washington, DC. And I said to her, I hope that you are having these difficult conversations, not just with your immediate family, not just about your sons and your daughters and your daughters-in-laws and for the sake of your grandchildren, But for your extended family, your secular siblings who barely let being Jewish impact their lives. It was a video conversation. And I was passionate, as I tend to be. And when I saw her face recoil in agony, recoil from the inability to think about what her next move might be. I stopped, I ached for my loving family member. And I ache for anyone listening to this show who does not live in Israel and confronted with the truth, wishes they could just go back to bed and wake up when it's all over. Because whoever dreamed that we would find ourselves having these conversations today. I don't know. Okay. Oh, Spain has joined us. Okay. Good morning, Spain. One thing, one premise. And I share this. I share this, especially as we have Ramallah listening to in. I don't know who you are. Hate, hate this anger, debilitating. I want to say to anybody, if Israel did not care about civilians, this war would have been over on the morning of October 8th. Just think about that came across my feed this week. Um, I'm not going to name the person who claims to have written this because I didn't have her permission necessarily to comment this. I'm just gonna uh, go over uh, just a little bit. It was really jumped out at me, clearly a really smart Jewish gal. And she writes and she says, you know, when I was in college, from reading this, I ascertained that she's somewhere around my age. I wish I could say 32, but it's a lot older than that. But she wrote, when I was in college, I wrote an honors thesis. Every single statement needed to be verified checked and annotated. Academic research valued facts, truth, source checking. What has happened since then? Remember, everything I'm saying now is a quote. At my alma mater's, University of Pennsylvania and Columbia University, both Ivy League, I am watching with disgust from 6,000 miles away as supposedly bright, educated students and faculty chant, yell, spew blatant untruths to crowds of cheering people following the biggest massacre of Jews since the Holocaust, blatant errors about basic history, facts, inciting violence, perpetuating anti-Semitism and parodying blatant falsehoods like the blood libels of old what has happened if you do not have knowledge of the history geopolitics facts of a particular region or conflict do not speak out about what you have no knowledge of whether in person or in social media doing so is dangerous it can incite violence just because you read a headline on someone's instagram post does not make it true okay it goes on and on and on and she really breaks it down the facts of the matter, the facts of the Israeli accusations of apartheid, the outright falsehoods about how many um, um, Palestinians were injured, killed, what happened in the hospitals. And I'm not going through it all. Happy to send it to anybody, this particular post. Again, it will be nameless, but I have to get her permission to, uh, I am going to get her permission. But the end of her diatribe her holy diatribe I may add is so simply Israel values life and is doing all that we can to avoid civilian casualties and if you saw any of the footage of October 7th massacres that Hamas proudly go themselves themselves you would see that they are sickly the very opposite um, Adelaide Stevenson the great, the great American statesman, and I believe once a presidential candidate, once was quoted as saying, quite simply, a free society is one in which it is safe to be unpopular. How are you feeling about that today, Jews? Okay. Um, in the taking care of business department, uh, a very good friend of mine, Michelle Chabin, a really respected journalist, she's all over the place, you must certainly have read her articles. For an article she's writing, if you are Jewish, the question Michelle asks is, has the war and anti-Semitism rearing its head all over the world may, made you feel and perhaps act more Jewish and or more Israeli? Have you started to wear a Star of David necklace or kippah? Started to go to synagogue more? Have you taken on some mitzvot, started doing teheelim, saying psalms? If so, please feel free to comment, well, not on her Facebook, but to PM her. And I will, I'll put this in also the show notes that appear on our uh, IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com uh, website. But you could write to her at m, like Mary Chabin, C H A B I N, at Gmail dot com. And please don't flood her inbox with, you know, words, answer the question. If any of this applies to you, write to mchabin at gmail.com asking, has what has happened, what is happening, what is unfolding, making you more curious and proactive regarding your Jewish identity? All right. Um, Just to let you know that I'm very savvy and I do read the World Press. Here we have a message to not just that moron, Susan Sarandon, that entitled. First of all, here comes. You know where I think about the Hollywood crowd. You know very much about that. You know that there was a time in my life where I was actually a a paid actress. Thankfully for a very short period of time. I was quite ordinary. I wasn't. all that talented, but um, an actress. We're letting an actress? Susan Sarandon, Angelina, what's her name? Jolie? Who am I? I'll let them dictate. So here is a message to the Hollywood community, including Susan Sarandon, because she's been so out there this week. If you don't know the whole story, Shut up. Her agency happily, happily dropped her for saying that U.S. Jews are, quote, getting a taste of what it feels to be Muslim. Susan Sarandon at the uh, Toronto International Film Festival, blah, 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 Um, That was a picture of her. The Hollywood Talent Agency, UTA, I think it's United Talent Artists, has dropped her as a client after she said at a recent (laughs) pro-Palestinian rally that U.S. Jews, fearing for their safety amid a spike in antisemitism, quote, are getting a taste of what it feels like to be a Muslim in this country. You know, if it wasn't so dangerous for her to open her mouth, it would be laughable. She's been intensely critical, but she's got nothing to do. My language is, uh, I'm holding back. All right, Um, just to let you know, do not let them dictate. Do not let Hollywood tell you who you are. And as a matter of fact, watch less television, go to fewer movies and do not reward those who would usher you to your deaths. Uh, let's see, it is Thanksgiving today. One of the things we do here in Israel, I know since I've made Aliyah 28 plus years ago, was for a long time, you know, we tried to celebrate Thanksgiving on Thursday night, what is it, the third Thursday in November, I believe every year, something that those of us raised in America can never ever forget. But you know what? Always the next night is Shabbos. And who can eat like that two nights in a row? And to really have <laughs> to have cold cereal on Friday night doesn't go because Friday night, no matter what, the Sabbath trumps Thanksgiving. Having said that, we have instituted in our family, and I know so many observant and traditional Jews here in Israel have what we call Thanksgiving Shabbos. Today It's a regular work day. People are going to work. People are doing. Everybody feels TGIT. Thank God it's Thursday. But tomorrow night here in Israel, we will be having our turkey dinners, our cranberry sauce, and celebrating it as we did in our respective old countries. All right? Came across a lovely article by the holy Rivka Adler, where she talks about having dreaded the moment at the Thanksgiving table when, you know, barely breathing from all of that stuffing, somebody will proclaim with great, enthousi- with great enthusiasm, let's go around the table and share something that we're thankful for. And then you know what happened? Everybody goes around the table and says, well, I'm really thankful for my family. I'm really thankful for my health. Ba, um, We choose. We invented Thanksgiving. The word for thanks, toda. Actually comes from it's related to the name Yehuda, Judah, who we are named after, Yehuda, which is na- which is all about thanks. But it's not the way Jews are. We don't have a once a day. Every day when we get up in the morning and we say, Mode ani, I'm thanking you. We're really saying today's Thanksgiving. We refer to as Yehudim, and it comes from the verb lahodot which means to thanks. So, in a fundamental way, to be Jewish means to be grateful. To not be grateful is to behave in opposition to our natures. Um, I know that we do go around our table. And we talk about our week, what are we grateful for this week? And we're always grateful in our three times a day or two times a day, or once a day, uh, prayers for some of us. It's once a week for some, it's only twice a year, but that gratitude of all we have and knowing that we are blank canvases waiting to be painted with God's glory is something that we are so aware of, so conscious of. I encourage everyone, this Shabbos, have dinner, have dinner tomorrow night, make it special. If you're eating turkey leftovers, mask them with a little wine sauce, a little extra (laughs) sauteed onions. Get the family around the table And for the first time, perhaps for some, express incredible, unprecedented gratitude for the gift of being Jewish. And for beginning together as a family to explore what that means, what our roles are. Thank God for all of our guests we sit around our tables and share something wonderful that happened to them during the week that year since the beginning of the war or if living overseas and becoming more cognizant more aware of who we are and what we mean in this world share that and while we're sitting around the table I have a little segment that I always call on this show we call it from the torah to our table If you don't know what to be grateful for, if you don't know what, you know, we know we're grateful. We're a grateful family. We always talk about how lucky we are to have each other, to have financial means, to have our Jewish um, pride intact. Here's something that we can all share, both Jews and our non-Jewish friends alike. In this week's Torah portion, Yaakov, Jacob, Yaakov makes a statement, and I'm going to preface this by saying there's not one word in the Torah that's extra, not an extra word, not an extra ampersand, not an extra comma, not an extra hmm. Everything's deliberate. So what does Yaakov make a statement? He asks for bread to eat and clothing to wear. The Maharshal of Lechne comments. Naturally, bread is meant to be eaten and clothing is meant to be worn. Isn't Yaakov's statement redundant? No. Yaakov prays not only for bread but for good health to enjoy the bread because there are many, so many, who have food Plenty of food in the pantry, but they can't eat it, they can't enjoy it. It lays like lumps on their tongue because they're ill. Yaakov prays not only for clothing, but for the prosperity that goes with it so that he shouldn't have to pawn his precious garments for peace of mind so he should be able to wear them with comfort and pride. A lot of meat, pardon the pun, in this commentary. Perhaps all of us together can discuss this at our respective Shabbos tables. Any of you paying attention to the, you know what, let, let, me, let, me, let me backtrack a minute, let's backtrack. I know that in my early days of parenting Before I had my first son, I had three daughters, and we knew, as modern neo-feminist mommies, we knew not to say to our little daughters, you are so pretty, look at how pretty you look, before everything else. We had to tell them how smart they were, how clever, how insightful, oh, you're so curious, how special, but we weren't supposed to concentrate on the pretty, which is why it's very hard for me to speak about um, former Israeli actress, and I love using the word former, because unlike a jerk like Susan Sarandon. Um, the proud Zionist, righteous, former Israeli actress Noah Tishby, who has become an incredible activist, on behalf of our holy Israel. She is, she fears no one, she takes no prisoners, and she puts out, oh my gosh, I think it was early last week, de- an, demanding an FBI probe whether pro Palestinian or- organizations receive money from terrorist groups. Really, duh. Um, the money, the funding of these organizations, well, we know. We know that while the people of Aza are living in complete squalor, literally begging for bread from their ungenerous co-lancemen, the leaders are living in Qatar, flying on multi-billion dollar jets. The university protests are clearly very well-funded. And academia in America is, we've used the word before on today's show, paralyzed. Paralyzed by fear of upset- upsetting those enemies of your freedom and mine, your tomorrows and mine. She asks a wonderful question. you know, they, they are hiring professors on American campuses heavily funded, the alumni associations, heavily funded by pro-Jew loathing interests. And she uses this wonderful example and she talks about how would we allow a mafia kingpin to teach business on campuses? We shouldn't allow terrorist supporters to teach political activism to our children Anyway, it's a wonderful question. And for all of us that are so proud members, proud members of our alumni associations, are you asking what is being taught at your alma mater when you get to your pre Christmas, pre Easter, pre everything um, campaign to fund the student, to fund the organizations? Ask the questions. Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. Um, Not scared of speaking out. You know, she is brave and she's putting herself on the line. And Tishby, shoulder to shoulder with Gal Gadot. You know, both of them have publicly big disagreements with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, but they're Aleph, they're number one, they're together is to say, Israel not only has a right to exist, Israel has an obligation to, to exist. And while we may disagree with one another, she's quoted as saying, I am the perfect embodiment of how you can criticize some laws that the Israeli government is proposing while still being a staunch... Zionist and understand the safety and security of the state of Israel is important for the safety and security for the entire Western civilization. By the way, if you take issue with that statement, send me a note, Andrea at Israel News com. Very interested to know where you're coming from. And one other thing, friends, Zionist is not a dirty word. It's the holiest, most moral and loving word one could use. To be a Zionist means, quite succinctly, the Jewish nation for the Jewish people. Don't read anything else into it. Okay, let's get some air in the studio. Hello. We like to keep it real. We may actually hear some fighter jets. Woohoo! Hugs, tears, outstretched arms, and words of gratitude to eight Miami Beach firefighters who, after I think it was even two weeks, I don't know how long they were in Israel, fighting blazes on the Gaza periphery, helping our soldiers in the field. Unbelievable what they did. And as a quote, one of them was quoted, let's see, this is Rescue Captain Adonis Garcia, definitely not a Jew. Okay, I love his name, Adonis. You gotta have a lot of guts to name your kid Adonis. Anyway, um, what Rescue Captain Adonis Garcia had to say after returning from Israel, I would do it again in a minute. Anytime they need it. I think it's very important that the people understand how much the Israeli people really need us. They were so thankful. My friends listening in to pull up a chair on Israelnewstalkradio.com, if you want to help Israel, if you want to put your f- boots on the ground and have some skin in the game, drop me a note. I will give you a list of organizations that are looking for you. Both Jews and non-Jews who not just are not afraid, but feel a moral obligation to celebrate God's holiness and to celebrate the most holy nation, the most moral nation on the face of the earth. And Garcia closes with, we are very blessed in this country, talking about America, and I hope that they can bring peace back to Israel very soon. Unbelievable. All right, let's not talk about these Marxists, these Marxist bastards. Um entitled, privileged. We can use those words too here, can't we? All right. And in case I'm watching the clock, my gosh, we've got to get to some Torah, and I have like 39 pages of notes here. Um, in case any of you are curious, in case any of you don't know, in case any of you are still not sure. Just this last week, one of the most recent raids that was carried out by Tsahal, the IDF's uh, 551 reservist brigade. Holy, holy soldiers, not young boys, but indeed more seasoned. My, My blessed son is not in that particular unit, but he is also a reservist on the front lines and seeing action. Anyway, um, these are special guys leaving behind, not just work, leaving behind wives and babies and their families and their Sabbath tables to keep it free for not just me and mine who live here, but for you who haven't come home yet. Anyway, I digress. I've seen the pictures, they found rockets hidden underneath the beds in a child's bedroom at a Hamas terrorist's Beit Hanun home, in their homes. Okay, let's say we get it. The schools couldn't speak up against the terrorists. They were too many. The hospitals, what is it, 35 hospitals? 35 hospitals in, in, in Gaza. Israel has four major hospitals. And by the way, when somebody is really sick in Gaza, they come to Israel for treatment. Thirty-five hospitals. What the hell do you think they have thirty-five hospitals for, please, suckers? Sending in your UN donations, your UNICEF. Uh, you're, you're filling in the little uh, little pumpkin heads. Let's give more money to UNICEF. Thirty-five hospitals to shield weapons and kill my children and grandchildren. Okay. In private. Homes, weapons, dozens of kilograms worth of explosive materials under their baby's cribs. And they are quoted on tape discussing the logistics. One terrorist is heard telling another that in order to move the weapons discreetly, he must, quote, bring a baby, bring a baby stroller or something. Any more questions? I'll send you the documents. I know I have one wonderful friend, okay? T.M. T.M.? Yeah, in uh, California. Writes to me often and wants me to verify, and I send him the stuff. Okay? Uh, South Africa man, Ramaphosa. I had big hope for him, too. We're not going to talk that South Africa today. More as we get close. Please, God, I'll be going to South Africa Um, in the middle of December, and um, hope to see you there. South Africa on fire. What happened? What happened? What happened to Mandela's? South Africa, what happened to the ANC? What did you let happen to your beloved country? More next week. Um, good news, good news. Making lemons of lemonade department. Let's expect, according to the Jewish agency, the holy major general, Doron al-Mog. Here is a guy, here is a guy who completely is living his truth. Not only was he commander uh, of some of our greatest military operations ever He didn't retire to his fancy house in uh, Herzliya or Ramataviv Gimel, but rather he is now the proud head of the Jewish agency. And he announces that over the next few years, we anticipate a million new immigrants due to the increasing anti-Semitism in Jewish communities around the world. I'm going to take off script a second and tell my friends. I know you're scared my high school friends in particular who I'm hearing from, Pam, Jeff, Kathy, Barry, all of you, all of yous. Israel has a place for you. We are not too small. With your vigor, with your vitality, with your matzav ruach, your your, 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 um, your enthusiasm and your drive, where you aspired to make great lives for yourselves in the Golden of Medina, Bring it home. Be that crazy grandparent. Who? in later middle age, age, yes, I'm being kind, turns to their family and says, I'm being true to my spiritual destiny. Turn around, come home. There is a place for you. We are waiting. Be willing to stand on way too long supermarket lines. Be willing to have complete strangers tell you how you should be raising your children and grandchildren. Be willing to know about Jewish holidays that never crossed your spiritual threshold. Be willing in these days and years and hopefully decades before we face our maker to say, you gave it to us. I celebrated it. And I came home. Okay. Um, yeah, anti-Semitism, more Jewish students coming. Let's just look here. Ah! All right, one second. So many pages, so much going on. We can do a four-hour show next week. That's a joke. Four-hour show, we can't make a living. All right. Oh, look who joined us towards the end of the show. And I know they joined us because... Um, this is the holiest section of our show. We have with us the Netherlands, Nigeria. We have you been, Nigeria? And the Cayman Islands. Well, isn't that fascinating? I have to tell you, I can't even work because when, whenever I'm done with the show, I go over the map and I look and I kind of educate myself geographically where all our holy friends, brothers and sisters, and those who just want a better world live. We really are holding our hands across cyberspace. All right, and as we hear, by the way, stay with this station. Stay with this station throughout the day, IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Check it out, because on this station is where you will have the best updates about what is actually happening here on the ground in Israel. And before we go to the Devar Torah section, I want to say one other thing. friends, I was looking for specific information this morning, early, early in the morning, um, because I am following, I am following our holy army um, in some of their lesser known actions, because I do have um, a personal interest. Beloved children, nieces, nephews, um, who are in uniform and missing Sabbaths, missing Sabbath around the table. And some of the information I had to glean about the Arab villages that they are with, with, with whom they are interacting, I could only find through Arab news sources. And I have to tell you, in reading from the Arab news sources, I understood, I understood the hatred. there was nowhere where we were not referred to as an occupying army. I whisper that because if somebody's just tuning in now, they'll take that out of context. Where where everything Arab, everything Palestinian was non-aggressive. The complete victimization by those ogre Jews. I am asking you To use your intellect. What is it the, the, somebody will have to tell me because I don't have it in front of me. What is the motto of the New York Times that says, you know, about about in darkness, ignorance exists in darkness or something like that? Get your information from Jewish sources. And if you don't know, I remember I have a lovely brother-in-law who living in america for many years used to get all his information from al jazeera i rest my case hang out with israel news talk radio there's other stations write me a personal note andrea at israelnewstalkradio.com i am happy to help guide you to the best of my ability and at best i'll be able to guide you and at worst we'll learn together not so bad right hi good morning india all right, this week's Torah portion is Vayetze, Vayetze. We're still in Sefer Bereshit, the first book, the book of Genesis, where we're very connected to our imaot and our avaot, our foremothers and our forefathers. Everything we do, we try to do, everything that I try to share with you, and again, I am not necessarily a role model, but merely a student like all of you, like all of us. Students in the subject, and the life course of Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying God's name. If we don't sanctify God's name in how we eat, how we conduct ourselves, how we dress, how we interact then we're missing the point of our existence. So the mitzvah, the commandment of Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying God's name, um, is a beautiful, a beautiful, poignantly um, illustrated in the episode where Lavan, laban laban how do you say his name in english it doesn't matter lavan we speak hebrew here substituted leah for rachel we all know that chapter leah was the old daughter and he substituted his daughter leah for rachel who yaakov had contracted to marry yaakov knew that lavan could not be trusted and so therefore He had given Rachel a Rachel, a prearranged sign to assure that such a change would not be made. Imagine, he was such a slime ball, that Lavan. However, when Rachel realized that her father was substituting Leah in her place, she gave over that same sign to her sister so that her sister would not be humiliated. Um, Rabbi Yehuda Zev Siegel, in his book, Inspiration and Insight, he explains that Rachel was giving up much more than marriage to such a righteous husband. Remember, she didn't know that seven years later she would marry him. She thought she's giving up this marriage, knowing that Yaakov was going to continue the spiritual legacy of both Avraham and Yitzchak and that his descendants would carry out God's will in the world. Just take a moment, weigh this. Rachel was unaware that she would eventually marry him and she would, she was relinquishing the privilege of being mother to Kalal Yisrael, the community of Israel. In addition, the sages tell us that by allowing Leah to marry Yaakov, she left open the possibility of her being forced to marry Asaf. Wicked, immoral, base Asaf. So her holy decision and it certainly cannot have been easy, was only influenced by one factor, namely the tremendous shame that would befall Leah should her father's plan be revealed. The Gemara states, quote, better that a person let himself be hurled into a furnace than shame his friend in public. Her personal sacrifice was the epitome Kiddush Hashem. And the second incident I must toss in here involves Ruvain, who had lost his birthright to Yosef for having quote, defiled his father's couch. Remember, Ruvain is the first child of Leah. He's the firstborn. And yet along comes Yosef, the first child of the beloved Rachel, Yet when Yosef's brothers were planning to kill him, it's Ruvain who saved Yosef's life by convincing the other brothers to throw him into a pit instead. Ruvain, he had to overcome feelings of jealousy and anger over losing his birthright to Yosef. And not only that, he might have regained the birthright had Yosef been killed. It was win-win for him. And yet, Ruvain is guided by the belief that's the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Holy One, blessed be He, in keeping Yosef alive. His actions also exemplify that principle of Kiddush Hashem. The concept of anivus, humbleness, is learned from the incident. When Yaakov spends the night in betel I digress, I get off script, This is the parsha where I too am so excited to be spending it in Betel. According to the events that are these events that are, um, let's just say they're chronicled in the Torah, Yaakov took the stones of the place and made of them a pillow. Now, I know most of you listening in are, are, are Bible-educated, Bible, Bible, um, okay? So remember, he takes the stones and he makes a pillow around his head. So Rashi explains that he made them into a kind of a gutter around his head because he was afraid of the wild animals. So let's just take a minute. Rabbi M. Miller asks on this particular Rashi, you know, if Yaakov really feared the wild animals, he must have known that his head could not protect the rest of his body, which remained defenseless and open to animal attack. But on the other hand, if he trusted wholeheartedly in God to protect him from the animals, what did he need to set up stones at all in the first place? So Rabbi Miller answers, Yaakov had complete faith emuna shalema, in God's protection. However, because of his humility, his anivus, He wanted to blunt the full impact of the miracle God performed on his behalf, to take some action on his part and to not rely solely on God's mercy. We learn here to guard ourselves from false vanity and pride. And in addition, we remember that our relationship with God is a relationship of symmetry. It's a partner. It's a partnership. Finally, a simple but profound lesson in personal development can be drawn from Yaakov's dream where he sees a ladder. He sees this ladder with its feet on the ground and its top reaching into the heavens as explained beautifully by the Chafetz Chaim In Torah's Habayit, the ladder Yaakov saw in his dream symbolizes the situation of every person in this world, Jew and Gentile alike. There are only two actions a person can take on a ladder. You can either climb from the bottom to the top or descend from the top to the bottom. You can't remain stationary for any given length of time. Our challenge is to constantly climb that spiritual ladder and not lower ourselves. When a person climbs to the lofty heights, he not only feels the progress and satisfaction with every step, but every step provides us with the motivation to continue climbing to even greater levels of spirituality. My friends, today, this minute, is the day. May we all climb that ladder and hasten the coming of Moshiach speedily in our days. Shabbat Shalom Umevorach from Jerusalem.